As you know, the On Farm podcast is brought to you by the team at Seen and Heard PR and Marketing. And I just wanted to remind you about a new initiative that's happening here called On Record. On Record is a project to preserve voices, stories and memories for the future with your very own audio recording. So we're recording memories of rural life. We're travelling around Scotland, working with families and organisations to capture precious voices of family members or staff members or long-serving office bearers to preserve those for posterity and sometimes for historical value. So if you think this project is something that you'd like to be involved in and maybe you have a grandparent or a parent that you'd like to capture on audio while you can, please do get in touch. You can find out more at onrecordmemories.co.uk. Are we going to do some drawing? That's not real. You know what that is? That's he. Hello and welcome to On Farm. It's Anna here and it is great to be with you in particular because this is the second of our two episodes recorded live at the 2022 Royal Highland Show. I am delighted to say that this episode has been kindly sponsored by Gillespie McAndrew, the law firm, and it's all about the work of RET, the Royal Highland Education Trust. Now, I am very lucky to be a trustee of RET and so I know some of the amazing things they do, but we wanted to kind of show you uh, and let you hear more about what it is that they do. And then it all dries in the sun and it's made into hay. Who do you think it's that? Mummies and daddies? Cows. Cows, that's it. So as you can hear, we are surrounded by happy and excitable children here at the RET Discovery Centre. There's a life-size plastic cow called Mabel who's getting milked in one corner. There are kids having a go at being an auctioneer, quite loud actually that one, with a real-life auctioneer's gavel. And over there are a team from Dumfries House who are talking to kids about animal genetics. Complicated topic, but something that they're able to make really quite straightforward for the children to understand. We're going to interrupt some of them shortly, have a chat and give you a bit of a flavour of what they're up to. Um, I'm not on my own. Producer Dave is here with me and we'll be joined by a couple of the Gillespie McAndrew team shortly so that we can hear a bit more about why they have such a long-standing relationship in support of RET. Uh, but before all of that, the first voice you'll hear is one you've heard before, um, maybe not that recently, but back in 2020, and that's Katrina Barkley, who is RET's executive officer. You're back, Katrina. Three years and you're back. Yay. How's it going so far? Oh, it's great to be back, Anna. It really is. I think standing here reminds you why you sit in front of your computer all year round, because you get to actually see people touching the, the, well, Mabel, you mentioned she's getting a good milking this morning. There are teats in a bucket, so just in the old days, before they had machines to do it, this is how everybody got their milk. Did you manage to get the milk to come into the bucket? I could do it on one hand on each. So it wasn't too difficult? And was it like was it like you thought it would be? Yeah. Yeah. But at least now you know how it comes out of the cow, don't you? Sometimes um, when you spray it, kind of sprays on you a bit. But it's nice and sunny so it dries. Anna, you've got to have a go. I probably do have to. Yeah, do Is that to okay? Put your stuff up here. It dries. <laughs> so we've got this very cool... Uh, yellow stool that I'm going to sit on. I think we've got like an old, really ancient one of these at home somewhere. Oh yeah. There we go. I don't know if you can hear that. Yeah, it's easier than I thought. I think maybe in real life this might be slightly more difficult. 
She doesn't move much, this cow. <laughs> no, she's not trying to kick me. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, I think that it's so... So many children wouldn't even know that that's where milk comes from. If that's the only thing they take away from today, then that's a win, isn't it, really? Today, it's the Friday of the show, so you've had one day already, and you mentioned before we started chatting um, for the podcast that yesterday you had more families in than you can ever remember on a Thursday. Um, that must have given you a massive buzz. Yes. Um, why do you think that is? I think a lot of it's to do with the time of the show this year. It's a little bit later in June and a lot of schools go on holiday as of today. So they probably took the opportunity rather than coming on the Saturday, which is probably one of the busiest days, come on the Thursday and actually get round the show in a much more sort of free sort of way. But we also had two and a half thousand pupils come through the gates yesterday with Rhett. And at one point in here, there was a sea of school uniforms and buggies and it was the it was I was in heaven it was just so lovely to hear the buzz and we've got a quad bike just beside us here and there were children who'd never sat in a quad bike sitting on the quad bike having a great time and we had a school group and waiting in the queue there were two twins who were probably only about three waiting their turn as well so it was really nice to see that age difference and how they were just engaging with our props. Wee boy, he can't be more than about two, sitting on the quad bike, the tiniest little speck on the top of that quad bike. But it looks like he knows what he's doing and he's ready to go. So I hope it's. Uh, don't worry, the keys are not in. No, the keys are definitely not here. We don't even have them, thankfully. But what we have got, uh, which is quite nice, is we have got the safety helmet there. Even oh, though we're yes. not asking people to put it on, we do make a point of saying, you know, could you fit the, he- the hat on if it was, or the helmet on if it was. Uh, if it was your size so uh, the snacker on the back there is a really good way of talking about stem we can talk about animal welfare and feeding of animals whilst just looking at a nice shiny piece of kit you can get them looking at the suspension and the and the wheels there so ATV services gave us this quad bike for the four days of the show and it'll be getting handed back with lots of sticky handprints on it I'm afraid wet wipes out wouldn't they <laughs> should we maybe take a wander and you can show us what else because this is the discovery center the right discovery center is a big building it's a farm shed sized building so there's loads of stuff packed in what else can you show us where should we go next well should we go over here we've got Dumfries house with us for this year's show and they're talking about genetics they're actually able to bring the the language down to any age group yes. and talk about how animal breeding works and they're using coloured props to be able to help display the genetic story and I've seen many a child walking past with a multicoloured foam animal and have probably in some way taken on some of that information about eye colour. It's things that we maybe do in school but we're doing it with animals. And and using something physical as well. We can see pipe cleaners and polystyrene pellets and foam sponges and stickers and all sorts of things and using that and making it real and using the colours it just brings it to life I suppose. Hello my name is Hannah and I am the food farming horticulture um, education manager at Dumfries House. You can see here they're um, using uh, their creativity to, to build some cows with different physical characteristics and then we're having a chat with them about why you'd want a cow with horns or why you'd want to breed that out in that selective breeding process. Quite amazing actually because you found a way here with just coloured foam and, and, and pipe cleaners to get across this very difficult on the face of it subject of 
genetics yeah but it's something that the kids see visibly like you know even today you can go and see the different breeds of sheep here today can't you and see that they've all got very very obvious differences with their size with their um if they've got horns if they're curly if they're um if they're straight and things like that so the kids do see it so we're pulling those ideas in and what we know they know already and applying it and introducing some new words like genetics and dna for them so that it's not like an unusual thing when they go and do it in um upper primary and, and secondary as well they're familiar with it already so it's good fun it's fun yeah you can tell they're really into it down there aren't they thank you so much i know you're really busy so we'll it's fine it's a really nice sort of stop-off point and as you can see we've got some I would say a, probably a, a three-year-old learning all about learning, genetics learning. right now. Yes exactly that's not bad for 10-15 or a Friday morning I think it's uh, she's going to go to school and already know half of a biology lesson isn't she? Absolutely. Uh, we're heading through I can see oh crikey I'm not standing on that that looks like a weighing machine of some sort. That is indeed a weighing machine um, we've been given this piece of kit to help demonstrate how livestock are weighed so we've got this lovely piece of kit with a massive screen again I don't know if you can see our enlarged calculator there and what we're asking yes. people to do is work out their value if they were a prize prime beast wow. so, a bit of fun <laughs> here you go that's you 22 so 22 times 2 pounds 61 57 pounds we would get if we took you to market. That sounds like a good deal, doesn't it? <laughs> or we'll keep you for another year and fatten you up a bit more. <laughs> There's some key rings over there if you'd like to take one. Do you both want to come on? We'll weigh you and see how much. Yeah, great. So, come up here. Sure. You can hear banging in the background, which is the auctioneer's gavel. So the children got the opportunity to sort of do a pretend auction where they're selling a calf and I mean they're queuing and desperate to get up there to have a go themselves it's really sweet <laughs> that one's been sold several times now yes hasn't it just we'll probably get told off for encouraging them to hit it too hard <laughs> but again you're learning about the importance of feeding and breeding and and also a little bit of a reality check I suppose as well you know you breed an animal you feed an animal what comes next and the whole food to fork journey um, really important for kids to know and understand that isn't it it is and I think having something as big a display as this is because we, we talk a lot about the farm itself but we're given this opportunity to talk about the auction rings and the auction companies and how that is part of the fabric of our food production but also our, our rural industry so I think the price was going up into the millions at one point for this wow. fibreglass calf so <laughs> calf has got lots of interesting facts written on the side of it again so that people can learn more and there's a fact there that I did not know I know that horses can sleep standing up but I did not know that cows can sleep standing up I thought that they lay down so cows can drink a bathtub full of water every day fully grown this calf will weigh 700 kilos so just just by being here and you know reading this or having their parents read this to them they're just picking up nuggets of information that I think is really important. It is and I suppose we get lots of questions around animals on farms because a lot of time people have a pet and pets as we know live for different lengths of time it's helping I suppose in some ways people understand that pets 
have a different sort of concept or a very different way of looking at them compared to livestock animals. Behind you, I can see, gosh, there must be 13 um, pull-ups and I'm not close enough to read it here, but presumably that's facts and figures, information about the uniqueness of farming and the countryside in each of those regions of Scotland, so that wherever you come from, you can find something unique about what happens, what's happening in your area. Is that right? Yes, it's our 13 RET CI areas, a countryside initiative, initiative area. So what we're trying to help de- demonstrate by that d- display is that we cover the whole of Scotland and the photographs you can see feature our volunteers in those areas who help they're hosting visits out on their farm or they're going into a school or nursery to talk about farming and we have representatives from each of these areas here over the four days so anybody who's interested in finding out more how they can maybe help locally they can come in look at the their, their local area pop-up and then join us for a refreshment how does RET rely on volunteers and you know what what would you do without them Well, quite simply, if we didn't have volunteers, RET wouldn't exist. Without the people on the ground providing the farm visits, providing the talks, RET wouldn't exist. The time that we get from people varies from likes of yourself, Anna, coming onto the board and helping with us, looking at our strategic direction and fundraising. We have volunteers at a local level who are fundraising for buses, but we've also got local volunteers who are trying to promote local schools to engage with RET so we have people who give us a few hours a year others give us a few hours every single day Uh, it's a huge variation and any amount of time that we get from a volunteer is greatly valued and so at the Highland Show this year we took the the choice to let's say a big thank you let's invite them in uh, have a chat with them and help them also understand what other areas are doing there's representatives having a cup of tea right now, having a good old chat and a laugh, I see. Probably a well-deserved <laughs> sit-down. Yeah, absolutely. And we had some people in yesterday who were keen to find out more about volunteering. So the idea being we'll get some new people signed up during the four days of the show as well, which is what we need. We need as many people as possible. So it's not just, you know, I think some people might be under the illusion that it's, it's if you're going to volunteer for RET, you have to have a farm and you have to open that farm up to school visits and that's kind of the option. But I think it's quite obvious that, yes, you always need host farmers, but actually there are so many other things that people can do to contribute to the work of RET. I would also say if you don't have the time to volunteer but you're well connected that's something else we really value so we were talking about some of the equipment that's in the building here with us for the Highland Show these are items that have been gifted to us for the four days and that's through somebody knowing somebody who works in an organisation or a company to ask and say would you mind helping Rhett out if you've got good contacts or you yourself are a business owner and you would like to help us with providing a tractor for example to go into school that's hugely valuable to us and it's, it really does help the message about food and farming and the working countryside and if we can work with industry you can also mention a bit about careers as well whilst you're there. Um, Aldi have given us all the biscuits and anything and everything in that large television that we're going to use to show videos about our work 
they've also helped provide. So rather than being able to give us physical money, people are giving us items and that's hugely valuable. So we have got uh, a lot of people who've helped us during the year. So we've got their names up in our supporters wall there. We're doing a fundraiser during the Highland Show to help raise money for school buses. And Gillespie McAndrew have been working with us over the years to see how they can help support. And one way that they're looking to help us is to provide money to local schools to be able to get them out to farms as well as some of their team coming out and seeing oh, us yes. in action so yes they can then let their customers know oh you this is a great farm have you heard about Rhett? have you thought about maybe volunteering with them so we've just brought these two just to see all their tractors and wood cutting and things like that so stay a nice wee day out for them this is murray you're five and your cousin alex and you're also five how are you boys? Are you okay having a nice day? Yeah. Where are we going next? To see the wood. The man that chops off down the wood. The man that chops the wood. Yeah. <laughs> and then an ice cream maybe. Yes. Yeah. No, ice cream. So we're still in the Rhett Discovery Centre this morning and I am joined by Alan White and Amy Eakin from Gillespie McAndrew. Now, Gillespie McAndrew are a law firm but one with a real passion for supporting Rhett. So, Alan, I might come to you first. One of your colleagues who I was speaking to yesterday said she described you as the driving force within Gillespie McAndrew of supporting RET. So, how have you managed to convince your colleagues that, that RET should be a key charity that the firm, the firm engages with? I think the answer to that is probably the issues that the agricultural sector is facing as a whole. I've just been at a talk at the President's Marquee about the future of farming um, and the challenges that, that agriculture is facing. And the key to all of that is, is education, frankly. I personally have always been passionate about RET and I'm fortunate I've managed to persuade my partners that, that this is an organisation and a charity we should support. So, yeah, Amy, we can't tell on a podcast, but you are young and enthusiastic. You know, how do you feel about the relationship that RET has with uh, Gillespie McAndrew? Well, I, I work in the, the land and rural business sector. I have done for quite a while. You might tell by my accent, I'm from Orkney originally and from, I'm a second, well, I'm a generation out of farming. But as Alan said, I grew up with it. I saw the benefits it had. And then I moved to a city and moving to a city, I moved to Aberdeen first, then I moved to Edinburgh. And you start communicating more and more with people that are not from rural backgrounds and you really notice the difference in their appreciation of the countryside, in their understanding of how food and goods are produced and it's significant when you see it day to day. Have you managed, I know you know we've, we're just coming out of, of the pandemic, but have you managed to see firsthand the impact that RET has on, on young people? Yes, I think so. And I, I think COVID has, and the lockdowns have, have brought farming and local opportunities and local business to the forefront. I think people are very focused on what they can take from the local sector and what they can give back to the local sector. And I think educating children who, you know, in 10, 15 years time will be decision makers on, you know, family food, what happens next in terms of their uh, communities. If they understand better what's going on around them in the, the broader sphere, not just within the cities, I think it's going to be better for everyone. Now, how, as a law firm, 
you're very, as we know, supportive of Fret. Um, how do you encourage your clients to, to sort of do the same? You know, many of your clients will be rural businesses, so there's a massive relevance there, but I suppose you're wanting to kind of pass it forward by also getting your clients to, to engage and at very least understand more about the charity. So how do you go about doing that? Yeah, so we've directly approached uh, clients and said, look, we, Gillespie McAndrews, support RET. Um, we think it's a, a great opportunity to highlight the agricultural sector, to get the message out there, and where it's, where it's possible, where a client's receptive, maybe that client will host a farm visit, and, and we will sponsor farm visits for RET, so that, you know, Amy mentioned the, the, the pandemic, and the, you know, that's obviously been very challenging for any charity, I guess, but over the last few years, RET's activities will have contracted, and their fundraising will have, you know, been, been curtailed. So any help we can give them can only be, be good. I think we want to get more of our clients involved if we can. Um, Rhett make it very straightforward for the hosts to do it. We want to spread the areas out. We've got representatives in our firm all over Scotland and we would like to see that cl clients all over Scotland would be open to hosting. Rhett make it really straightforward for clients, farmers to bring kids onto the farm to educate them and I think if we can support that by encouraging our clients and using our clients to encourage others it, it all feeds into a successful scheme. There might be some people listening, farmers, who think oh well yes you know I like the idea of hosting a farm visit but it sounds like a bit of a risky thing for me to do I'm not really sure if I'm prepared to go down that route. Alan, is it legally, how, how would you allay any fears that they might have about, about the risk element? I think I would just say that RET are very professional in the way they organise the farm visits. Um, so they have coordinators in each area. They will come out in advance. They will risk assess the farm. They'll talk with the, the host about what the, the, the visit might entail. Every farm is different, so you know, no two experiences will be the same. But they will conduct a risk assessment, they will make any recommendations and say, okay, we we won't take the children in here because there's machinery that might be dangerous or, or whatever. They take care of all of that. The kids will all have high vis on, you know, it's, it's, it's organised. So I don't think there's anything to fear from that perspective. So nobody needs to worry. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we should probably try and, if any of them aren't too shy, find a volunteer to have a chat to about why why they do it and what they get out of it. Do you think that's a good idea? It's a very good idea. We've got quite a few um, and our, our volunteers wear the, the green tabards so they're easy to identify. My name is Irene Warnock and this is David Lyle and we're Fourth Valley Ret. It's really good, it's great fun, it's hard work, um, hard work. Um, I'm one of the treasurers but um, no it's good, it's good and it's good friendship. And then so we raise the money, we have coffee mornings, we have raffles, we have a lottery, anything we can think of to make money. Yeah, Rhett's a fantastic organisation. I've been involved, well, I think this is only the second show, so 2019 was the first one that I helped out at. But it's, I think it's really important that we educate the next generation 
just really simple stuff like people you know know where milk comes from so they know it comes from a cow they don't think it just comes from tesco's um because it would actually amaze you the amount of kids that don't know some of the basic fundamentals and i think that's really important for agriculture going forward and also from a wee bit mucky we've got some oh, okay. um, compost. I'll, I'll, i won't wear my white dress <laughs> No, we, we do sort of make a half joke. There's a lady just walking past with some of bags of, of pea, potted up peas that oh, by the excellent. end of the day, the bag may have a bit of compost at the bottom. But um, the good fun thing about doing something that you're going to be doing with us, Anna, is it teaches um, in a nice way that it takes a wee while for things to grow. But we've got lots of activities around the, the pea shoots themselves that whilst the, the pea is growing, you can, you can eat them. And so we're not just, you know, having a fun making the pots. So there, we'll have a bit of educational story behind that yeah. when you're here. Teaching patience as well, actually. You know, you're teaching about how things grow, but kids, a lot of kids nowadays expect everything immediately, don't they? So having to wait for something to grow is no bad thing, I don't think. My kids could probably learn from that. And this area here is very popular since we've been standing here i think the largest number of children have been gravitating towards that what are they doing in there this is our very popular crafting area so uh -huh. they're making a rosette so we ran a competition in the run-up to the highland show for schools to design a rosette which will be then is getting handed out during the show so oh, okay. all the the um a real champions rosette. they've made it into a real rosette and you can see it up in the display just behind us here, the big colourful rosettes at the very top oh, there. Yes. This is the winning rosette. So yes. we are we, we realised how popular an activity it was. So we are asking children to design and make a rosette whilst they're here, but they're mm -hmm. also making badges oh, and colouring in the badge. Own badge. <laughs> yes, oh amazing. It's good fun and I must say it also helps get the, the, the brand Ret out there as well. Yes. So if they're walking yes. around with their lovely badge and a, another child sees it where did you get that oh I got that in the rec mm -hmm. centre <laughs> so off helps. you go yeah <laughs> my name's Alex Ritchie I'm the health and education manager for Quality Meat Scotland we've had lots of pupils we've had some school pupils in and we've also had some of the families that have come in and they're really eager to learn about where their food comes from the place is buzzing do you mostly get the school groups that come to you or do you get families and all sorts of people coming just to learn a bit more? We've had a mixture, so we've had um, some school groups in today but mainly families in today. But as well as the education centre here, we've also got an education stand up in the Quality Meat Scotland stand as well. So there we've got our iPads which have got Farming Food Steps which is our digital resource and the kids can go in and play Mission Sustain or Sustainability game and make it a match or health game and they can and it's actually interesting to see some of the adults trying these games. Some of our board members were trying them out and I think they need to go and do their homework as well. So <laughs> it's been fun to teach not just the children but also the adults. Yeah, we were saying well. that earlier actually when we were in here that um, Nobody can come in here and leave without having learnt something, I don't think. You know, I've learned, I was reading all the facts and figures on the side of that wee calf over there and I learnt something. So, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Now, um, Rep promotes and talks about every sector within farming all of the time, but I know that um, you're also doing dedicated years for different sectors and currently it's a year of beef. Um, what kind of inform that decision to to have focus years as it were and, and so why have you taken that forward it's a really great question because it's um it stemmed from really listening to what teachers need so we chose the the year of beef as our first year 
on the back of COP26 messaging that we were hearing going out that maybe wasn't always relevant to Scottish agriculture. So we felt it was a great opportunity to get the facts around red meat production in Scotland told in a very unbiased, balanced way. And so we've work with a teacher panel. They're a great group of people who we meet with regularly and ask their ideas and thoughts and opinions on how and what we should do to help make their job in the classroom much easier. So the next year will be the journey of food seeds and grains. So we are making buttonholes. There's some people signing themselves up to make and a buttonhole. One, a very small one. Well, it's slightly different yours, but still very pretty. Yeah. And it's uh, so the buttonholes they're making are from from uh, oats and barley and wheat, and it's to help try and get the message across around the the production of arable crops. And each month we produce a different set of resources for schools, along with some training for teachers around them as well. And the idea being that rather than expecting people to come to us with when they're searching for things, we can be more proactive and we have a teacher's newsletter that goes out regularly and helps feature what's coming up so that they can maybe, so the teachers themselves can maybe plan ahead a little bit and, and see what we're going to be producing and, and maybe then hopefully visit a farm as a result. Now, you know, we don't have restrictions so people can very much get back to farm visits and you have been getting back to farm visits haven't you? Yes, yes. this, this term is always our busiest term, the, the last term of school so it's, um, it's been marvellous. Our project coordinators have really hit the ground running since the restrictions were lifted which is great. It feels so overwhelming to be back at the Highland Show, running our Rec Discovery Centre after a few years out. It's just been such hard work and I know that that's maybe an expression people use a lot, but to get ourselves up and running and being able to slide open that big heavy door behind me and hear that familiar sound and know that the centre's soon going to be full of people. And I know that on Sunday when we close the door, We're not television, um, but if we were, you'd see poor Katrina's tearing up here because it is, and she's, I'm about to start. Um, it's really, you know, it's so emotional because having had two years of not being able to do this and feeling that so many people and children were being deprived of something as a result, no wonder you feel like that when you open the gates on a Thursday because, I mean, just look at what's happening. It's, it's amazing. And I think it's, um, you know, it's the, the end of a, a challenging academic year for, for, for parents, for teachers, for, for young people and to get the sense of normality that we can provide during the four days of the show just fills you with so much pride. And I'm in a very privileged position that... I am the person speaking to you and I'm speaking to you on behalf of a huge network of people who put in hours and hours of work and they don't stop. They are so passionate about the work we do and that passion builds up and you get to this point where on the Sunday you know that you've had several thousand people in your building having a great time and that gives you such job satisfaction. It's also important to highlight that throughout the pandemic you and your volunteers did not stop you know things turned and pivoted and you know we watched bread making videos and we watched live workshops and 
just because we're back here and it's amazing, you know, we mustn't forget the hard work that went on in the pandemic to make sure that you, was, you still were touching the lives of, of children throughout Scotland. Yeah, and I, I must say, I would take my hat off to the team who came up with different creative ways in which we could do that. But nice to be back in here in person and immersed in people rather than immersed in digital technology. So we've come outside just to get a little bit of peace and quiet um, and to kind of wrap up. You know, it's hard to summarise, but you know, whether it's looking at wheat and oats or genetics or milk or straw and hay and grass production, you know, that we've learned, I've learned something from having been in there. And I think you can see why RET is such a critical organisation, charity. Um, within rural Scotland. So I'm really proud and glad that we've been able to do a whole episode about RET. Enormously thankful to Gillespie McAndrew for sponsoring it and to Katrina from RET to giving her time and helping facilitate our chat. And I suppose my final message is just to encourage anybody listening to engage with RET, whether it's getting your child's school to... Um, get involved or whether it's if you're a farmer hosting a farm visit because all of those things make a big difference and when you see the look on children's faces when they learn something new it's probably makes it worth all worthwhile please do go back and listen to the episode we released on monday which takes in the show from a more general perspective and gives you lots of voices uh, from people who quite frankly are just happy to be back at ingleston after an incredibly difficult few years so, yeah, that's a wrap for the Highland Show, but uh, we'll definitely be back next year. As you may know, On Farm is made here by our team at Seen and Heard PR and Marketing. So get in touch if you have any questions about rural or foodie comms PR and marketing. And don't forget that we also have our On Farm Academy um, training courses available to download online. So uh, bye for now and see you soon.